Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. I'm the show producer, Liz Campbell. Today's episode is all about media. Lindsay is speaking with myself and Kelly Sinclair of KS Communications, and you'll find out everything from how to pitch your story to the media to podcast production. Also, if you're a female entrepreneur looking to grow or start her business, join us for the launch party of the Fempreneur Marketing book, Find Your Voice on Social Media. You can get all the information you'll need at yycfempreneur.com. So Stacey wanted to know, do I need a fancy microphone? Obviously not. I mean, no, (laughs) don't go out and buy yourself like a thousand dollar microphone. You don't need it. Mm -hmm. The podcast sounds the way it does because I'm using like professional equipment. Yeah. But the, like the only things that you would kind of need to worry about, um, is your background noise. Um, like for example, we had the window open here, but Lindsay closed it because she's like, well, Dirk's going to hear us and he's going to start whining. And he's, you want to make sure that like you have as clean of a sound as possible. There's nothing really behind you. You're not sitting in a room where your washer and dryer is in the next room. You just want a really, really quiet space. You also want a really, really dead space. So like the definition of dead would be, you don't hear a lot of echo. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a room, yeah, something, something small, but also something, um, like the easiest thing to use is like blankets. Like if you oh. could put blankets on the walls, mm-hmm. because that's going to absorb any like bounce back sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you kind of have that clean recording, mm-hmm. then you can take it and you can add, um, your things like compression and all that just to kind of make it sound a little bit more full. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think another piece that comes to mind with that is it's about a little bit about brand. Um, if you are, if it bothers you as the person who's being represented by the sound that comes out, that it's mm-hmm. echoey or big or whatever, then you might want to invest. Like, for example, even when I do a bunch of videos, I decided to buy a ring light mm-hmm. and made like so much difference. I'm like so much more proud of the product that I can create with that ring light and now the sound is starting to drive me crazy because I do it the problem is I do it in my my main floor of my house which is completely open and Mm. it's quite um echoey and I feel like I need a a microphone or something to try and like streamline that Mm -hmm. sound yeah because it's bugging me okay yeah because you my brand level that I want yeah because you've made it look the way you want and now you want to make it sound the way you want Mm -hmm. so um with like a lav mic yeah, I could do, because um, I keep switching which equipment I'm actually recording on. Oh, okay, right? yeah. Like, I've been using my laptop, and I don't love the camera as much as I know I have a really good camera on my phone, but then if I'm trying to be live on Facebook and Instagram at the same time, what devices am I using? So I have, like, a laptop, an iPad, and a phone all set oh, up, and it's, yeah. like, just a little crazy, so. Yeah, yeah, I use this bad boy for a lot of stuff, um, this and the microphone oh, yeah. in this is like freaking great. Mm-hmm. I have external microphones for it because I've used it outside before and and have the little puffy, like, mm. like the little fuzzy little mic sock. Oh, yeah, I just usually like Ooh, a I've mic sock. Before. Yeah, it's called a mic sock. You're gonna create yeah. a glossary of fancy <laughs> a glossary of terms. terms. <laughs> a mic sock. sock and over what your did you say? Deadened, <laughs> deadened sound. Deadened sound. Add compression. What uh, does yeah. Add compression mean. So there's there's so like a lot of presets that will depending on the software you use that will come with the software mm. to kind of, to just make your 
um, audio sound clearer, mm. crisper. <clears throat> Um, there's a lot of ways um, to basically boost your voice. So my so my voice on the intros mm-hmm. of the podcast, I don't sound like that in real life. I don't sound like that after I've recorded it. I've added a couple layers of compression. Really? Yeah. To basically boost everything. It oh makes it sound God. fuller. It's yeah. like a Snapchat filter for, for your, your voice. voice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah. There's, oh my um, God, people. There's filters. So what you can do too, um, like once in a while in radio ads, I need to do a conversation between someone on the phone and someone internally on the phone. So you can filter oh. someone else's voice to make it sound like this. Make it will sound really thin as if they're like on the other side of the phone. There's so many like presets that you can use to basically make the audio sound the way it has to. I was always told by um, my radio professor when I was in school, his term for audio across the board was great audio is visual. If you have an ad or you're doing some sort of like radio play or something, you should be able to make it sound like a movie in your own head. Mm. So how would this look is what is what I think when I'm creating an ad for the radio it's like if this was a tv commercial what would the video of it look like yeah well everyone who listens to the intro of the femme marketing podcast it like has a crush on you because you sound <laughs> freaking hot and amazing and like you're wearing like a sparkly red dress and you're like hey your makeup's perfect Welcome and you're just like podcast. yeah like that's what you say like I picture you and I'm like whoa like so you're <laughs> doing a great job well thanks yeah i actually sound like this and then i no i'm just kidding i can you like, can't, I can you can't fix that you, but i even but. played it for jake and he's like whoa <laughs> like, it's like i can tell it's her but like whoa yeah but it's you know? it's not her but it's her yeah, yeah. so it's interesting i didn't realize you edited it at all like i thought oh yeah like that's interesting yeah there was a lot um i added compression to um, the audio itself, same same reason. Um, compression, what it kind of does is it'll take any anything that's kind of really on the lower volume scale mm-hmm. and it'll boost it up. So this way, the listeners get kind of like a bit more even of an audio level as it goes along. Mm-hmm. They're not like like potentially like, oh, I missed that. What was it? I need to rewind it. It's the audio just kind of looks like a square instead of the actual like waveforms uh-huh. and then it's a, it evens it out kinda. yeah it evens oh, it out yeah interesting so back to stacy's question you wouldn't necessarily have that capability on like iMovie if you're editing an iMovie or GarageBand. i'm not sure about iMovie probably not um garage band i'm not sure i'd hope so yeah um okay. i've actually never really used garage band for any audio editing i really should check it out just so like what is that (laughs) just like the stock mac programs i guess you would say right like Mm -hmm. the programs that come when you buy a mac computer Mm -hmm. whether it be an apple oh that's what i put in my folder on my ipad of apple things i don't know what they are (laughs) on my phone i call it useless shit (laughs) and it's just like apple for 25 apps i don't know yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so um yeah, you. I assume GarageBand would. I don't think iMovie does. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do want to edit audio, definitely use like something like GarageBand. Um, if you're really passionate about wanting to do a whole lot more audio, I use a program called Adobe Audition, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it's like a one-time buy of like $350. And then you can just download it straight from their website onto your computer. Oh. You have it for life. Oh. Um, it's it's pretty user-friendly. I say that. I've been using it for almost 15 years. But that's the one I use. I swear by it. Um, Adobe Edition. Adobe Audition. Audition. Yeah. Not addition like in subtraction, but yeah. audition. Like A-U-D. Audition, like, yeah. Like um, American Idol Audition. Yeah. American Idol audition, Adobe okay. audition, yeah. And so, I tried to or you can just hire Liz to do all your audio editing. Just saying. Yeah. Anyways, that works. <laughs> she is up for but sale. But can you for just services. like pull audio from a video? Yep. And then you. That's what I'm going to do with this. So it doesn't really matter. So we're talking less about the recording software, and then there's a post mm -hmm. post production. Well, if you want to edit it, like for, in the past before Liz, I just recorded the intro myself on here using QuickTime, which is what I'm using right now. Uh -huh. Or it was a, like, we're using QuickTime right now, but I could be on Zoom, right? If we yeah. had other people joining us, but nobody really sounded interested, so we're just live, and they can watch it right now on the Facebook group. But I mm -hmm. could be on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you record a Zoom session, you download it to your computer. Right. And then I would, it, record, it downloads it in audio and video. So then I already have the audio file, mm -hmm. right? straight from zoom and then i was just like usually just putting right. it out on the podcast like i wasn't even really editing it for the most yeah, part i was then adding in some sound effects and little songs here and there or like mm -hmm. or if there was like a hard shift topic wise i put a little interlude in and so that's what liz is doing all of that now yeah but like you don't need like you don't need a liz you don't need fancy stuff but like it's mm -hmm. awesome to have right <laughs> yeah right. and but you don't need it like that's a, the one thing i'm like liz is talking about some cool stuff right now but like know that you don't need that stuff right yeah. like this is what she's using but you can i got away with using like nothing that mm -hmm. costed any money for a long time and i say costed all the time which is <laughs> it didn't cost me any money for the longest time yeah don't invest in anything unless it's something that you're going to get really serious about because there are other free tools you can use mm -hmm. or tools that already come with your computer yeah exactly yeah. And don't let your lack of tools cause you to not do your podcast and there's a tutorial on youtube about everything so yeah yeah, yeah how exactly. do i do this in garage band Click. yeah right yeah. right of course definitely okay so let's get to our list now that was a good opening chat about that um so let's talk a bit about pitching media okay i feel like i want to make a video too yeah like do a it. little behind the scenes yeah absolutely um, yeah, talk about pitching media and maybe just tell the story of like how you were like, oh, hey, Linz, do you want to like actually pitch media about your book? And I'm like, oh, okay, how do we do that? <laughs> teach me. <laughs> yeah, so what um, the reason why to leverage leveraging any kind of story through media relations is amazing. Um, it can increase your reach substantially obviously depending on the, the media you're going for and <clears throat> it's looked at as like free promotion right often you have to pay the PR person who does the pitching but outside of that um it's free once again Kelly is up for hire yeah <laughs> yeah that video is not really in a really sorry for spot. breaking your video while I sit up here but I really so need chapstick okay. I know my lips are like dying right now anyways Sidetrack. Um, so what do you need when you're pitching media high? I'm like right on top of you. Yeah, no, you kind of have to. Yeah, I don't need an individual. <laughs> We're all going to snuggle up here for a minute. Mm -hmm. Make sure Kelly's in it more than anything. Oh, there we go. 
What do you need to pitch media? You need a story. Okay, so this is where, where they can see the difference between uh, shameless promotion of a product that you're just trying to sell and a story that's actually of interest to their listeners. So it's really important to actually understand who the media is reaching with, with their um, paper, radio mm -hmm. station, uh, blog, like whatever it is. Who are they writing to and how is your story going to be of interest or of value to those people? Mm -hmm. So in this case, we have a uh, Cochrane-based local author launches a book with a group of women, many of whom are also local, and it is for... Um, so there's that's the angle, mm -hmm. that main angle. So it's understanding what is your angle of your story and why is that interesting to the media. So when I sent the email to Cochrane Now, the subject was local author collaborates on book for women entrepreneurs. That so was the email subject? Something like that. Really? Yeah. Cool. I, was like, I was wondering what you like. That's the stuff that I was, I'm excited you're sharing about that because that's interesting. Yeah. So I framed you it up. You choose those words so carefully. Yes. Because, um, you know, the reality is, especially if you're pitching bigger media, like Calgary-based media, like, like the Calgary Herald or uh, CBC or especially TV production, like mm -hmm. they get hundreds of maybe even thousands of pitches every single day. Mm -hmm. And they look at them, but they also have to be interested enough to open it. Mm -hmm. And um, and so you have to bring like the headline right up top. Is This is why you should read this email, basically. Mm -hmm. Not like, you don't ever write media pitch or potential interview or oh, anything oh, really generic like that okay. in the subject line it would be really a lot more specific about that if you actually want to get it opened and have a conversation wow. with the person so and then how do you know who to even send that to like do you go to the radio station website and do they have explicitly like here's who you send that stuff to these or? days it's getting so hard to find contact information which is why there's actually like media databases that um, PR firms will often pay for subscriptions too, so they own mm. the ability to get that contact information. There are some online ones that you can join um, and also have, there's a fee to be part of that. Mm. But quite honestly, like, it's such a pain. Like, we spent a lot of time, I used to work in a big PR agency, right? And we spent a lot of time updating media lists all the time. Mm. And the landscape changes so much, it's just about being aware of who the person is that you need to reach mm -hmm. and there's always you'll always be able to find a generic news desk or a generic email address phone number on a website for um, any of the media outlets that you're trying to reach but it's better if you can reach directly to one person and personalize it and know that they're the one who would be writing about it. Mm -hmm. So instead of Which saying, is what you did with Cochrane now. Yes. You knew exactly who to send that to. Yes. So I sent it directly to one person instead of even though they told me we promise you we read all of them. But I'm like, I like to skip that step. I like, to be, <laughs> I like to be more personal. I like to know to send it directly to Lauren instead of yeah. Cochrane Now at info at Cochrane Now .com or whatever. Mm. 
right? Cool. So, um, yeah, so it's knowing who would actually be interested in writing or doing the story. So that means you do a little bit of research on the journalist themselves. Mm-hmm. And you, you can do, like, searches, especially with papers. You can search um, what they have written before. And so if you're trying to pitch something, say, food-related, so mm-hmm. there's an event and we're talking about chefs and food, um, that's usually a beat, Right. Like, somebody's covering the food, beat the scene. That's, mm. Ooh, put that in our glossary, beat. Beat. <laughs> yeah, our term's glossary, beat. Yeah, so some... And, 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 now, <laughs> and nowadays, uh, journalists have to wear 1,700 hats, and so they're writing a lot more broadly. Mm. But, you know, back in the day, that's what it was. You'd be, somebody's covering crime, somebody's covering food and entertainment, somebody's covering sports, like... And so it, sometimes it's divided like that and sometimes it isn't. But it's good to know what they have recently been covering to know whether or not what you're sending them is anything along the same lines. Okay. Because if you send them something, you're like, hey, you should come to my food event. And they're like, I cover crime. I spend mm-hmm. my entire day at the courthouse. Like, mm-hmm. not going to, that pitch is going to not work. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of media relations is the relationships. So not looking like an idiot. Your background, like, traditional education-wise is, like... Public relations. Public relations. Yes. And you're, you have a degree yes. in... Public relations. Public relations. So media and communications is... Yes. So we The did. name of what? What is that? The, like, the title of the course. Media relations. Media relations. Yes. Is what your degree is called? No, it's just part of it. Part of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So PR is basically getting exposure... Yeah. Or a message. Okay. Right? Um, it's about reputation. It's about... Um, oh, well, reputation goes a lot of ways. Reputation, yeah. perception, branding, all mm-hmm. of that fits into PR. And so, honestly, when it comes to the definition of communications versus marketing versus PR, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I just bundle them all together. And it's whatever people think. But at the same time, like, you have, like, you both have your professional background as far as, like, you invested in an actual real education and (laughs) specific things to do with media, which is what kind of, like, you know, I'm always curious to know, like, what the courses you took versus the courses you took versus Stacy versus, like, other people that do Mm -hmm. sort of similar things. Mm -hmm. So, and then you, your, yours is pure radio? Yes. Yeah, so I have a Bachelor of Arts in okay. broadcast radio. Okay. Is basically like if you look at my diploma, that's mm. what it says. Okay. Yeah. So um, I did go to like a community college for it, mm-hmm. but they basically took a four-year broadcasting university course and condensed it into two. Sweet. So it was intense. It was a lot of work. It was like <laughs> college taught me how to be organized because it was literally like, well, this paper's due Wednesday and this paper's due Friday, so I have to work more on this one and then get that done and get that off and then I can slowly start working on that one and get that one finished. And yeah, like it was, it was intense, but it is the equivalent of a Bachelor of Arts. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And at Mount Royal, they have a faculty of communications under which falls broadcasting, journalism, Mm. public relations, and uh, they also had technical writing as a part of that. And I don't know if that's still the same now, but basically you could, you could 
be focused on any of those pieces, but then we also did projects together. So in university, I took, I did a, um, we did a pretend news conference with the journalism students. So we understood how to create all of the pieces, invite Mm -hmm. them to come to a news conference and then be the spokesperson for a company and answer questions um, from them. Mm -hmm. And then I've since done a lot of press conferences, typically at fun things like oil spills. Hmm. Yeah, so man- <laughs> media management at uh, at a, at an oil spill in Innisfail was wow. one of my. We did a press conference in like one of those Atco trailers, and there were like seven cameras in there, like like CBC, like all the big oh, wow. TV cameras were in there. And it was like, there was no room for anything. And I'm standing at the back. And then the spokesperson, like the COO of the company or whatever is up there in the front. And he told me after he was like, thanks for the smile. Like being the one behind all of the grueling, like press with a smile was, <laughs> was an important role to play that day. Oh, wow. And also, of course, giving the media what they needed in terms of information. Okay. Yeah. It's being the point person, right? So the person that they can follow up with with like uh did i spell this guy's name right um can you make sure that this stat is right like you said this number is this correct like like giving them a piece of paper that helps to make sure that the message is clear yeah versus uh also putting the, the spokesperson um on the spot for all of that stuff too like yeah, and having someone like you in the fempreneur community is just so cool. Like, you know, you guys both have really cool skills, right? And, like, your your production and editing and, like, that stuff is so amazing. And then your stuff about, like, getting the message right before you take it out there, like, yeah. it's so cool. So, like, for me, being on the receiving end of learning more about what you both do has been like just so cool so that's why i'm so happy that we're doing this podcast episode and that this live video is in our m a team monetization and accountability team because i think the girls are going to get a lot out of it just like you know it be more inspired about you know the the purpose and like clarifying it and then delivering it clearly in both like like Mm -hmm. tangibly and Mm -hmm. practically i don't know how to say that but anyways Um, so for me right now, it's just so instrumental to have people like you guys, because, you know, I never even thought about media relations or like a media release or anything, right? Like I never even thought of it. So for me, I've been watching you do all your things and learning how you do it. And then we have those two big conversations about like, well, what is the message of the, the find your voice book? Like, why does it matter? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. well, I know why the book matters, but how do you distill that and then turn it into like a media thing that right. the media is like this is happening and this is why it matters like that was really good right. that you like made me figure that out right? and, and it's your job as the, the PR person let's say or when you're thinking about pitching to know what are the key messages so key messages yeah. that you want to get across so mm-hmm. um, that sometimes we clients would be like oh success means getting on the t- above the fold on the front page of the calgary herald which of course you can't guarantee that coverage is going to happen like even if all of the pieces are perfect and it's an amazing thing uh you know a train derails and that's the story of the day right mm-hmm. like that's that's what you're mm-hmm. up against when you're dealing with um media and mm-hmm. press anything huge can happen at any time yeah and mm-hmm. but the way that we really should be measuring success is a amount of key messages that are coming across 
in the article or in the story that's written, right? That it, it sounds like how you want it to sound. And that's mm. why that's why they call us spin doctors, Lindsay. <laughs> I well, don't like, like that, that, phrase, like that but They call that telephone, right? Where everybody keeps saying yeah. the same thing and it goes around the circle and it comes back and it's totally different. And like that's a fear that I have, you know, with the book and with the, what is the message? What are people saying? And it's like, well, if we come out and we say this is the message mm-hmm. and this is why it matters. And, and I want to talk about the behind the scenes of that because it's powerful. Like, the, just the conversations that we've had and the message that you've pulled out of me and right and just like right. and then like and then messaging Kelly or um Carrie when you know you're like oh you guys free for the radio interview and Carrie's like why the hell am I doing that with you guys right because like <laughs> I, I still haven't actually said anything like like I plan on chopping a chunk of this this conversation out and putting it all over the place because I want people to understand the message of why the book is important and what the book stands for and and it is the team it's the team that built the book together it's the fact that we can't go out onto social media and have a voice if we don't feel supported and safe with a team right and we we need a team to help us even figure out what our message is and that's the message of the book right like the book is like it's it's that step by step of how to build the team and then go out and use not use your team but like you know what I mean like have your engage your team in the process that you're going through because they're doing it too. Mm-hmm. It matters to them too. And so, and that was like, and, and you can't say all of that <laughs> as the message of the book. So you've done a great job of being like, here's the message of the book. It's right. two sentences, not what I just said. Right. <laughs> well, perception wise, uh, when we, when we start our own businesses, it's often this feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to work for myself. And then all of a sudden there's this belief that that means I'm going to work by myself. And then the reality is you are working by yourself and then you get the loneliness and then you get the fear and then you get the discouragement and then you look for a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so to prevent that, this book is talking about how to create connections and a support group Mm -hmm. for yourself, basically. Mm -hmm knowing that that's what we all need, mm-hmm. especially as women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and then to sort of talk more about like the media plan for the book, you know, our conversation was like, well, we don't want this book launch party to be crawling with media. Like that's not at all what we want. We want it to be like an accelerated, bigger version of grad night. Like we just want mm-hmm. it to be fun and like prizes and like great ladies all networking and having a good time. And if like a newspaper wants to come fine, we don't want like, a bunch of cameras and interviews going on but then we talked about the fact that like you know investing in good photography and videography then the media release thing can happen after about like here's what happened and here's mm-hmm. what's going on and this event happened and here's all the cool videos and pictures yes. from it right and so then that's prompting you me to think of um, when you're when you have an event as part of your story, mm. you can think about it in pre-event. What's the goal that you want yeah. pre-event? Do you want to try and get more people to come to this event? Do you want to invite media to the event or not? And so there's a pre-event story message and there's a post-event coverage that you can also get out of this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hit it twice. We're going to do pre-event. Yeah. We're doing a radio interview next week. Um, we'll talk to the paper, they may post, publish a story for the week before the event and or the week after the event, like they'll choose based on their space, what they have available yeah. to write. 
and um, and then at the event we're keeping that more about the people who are there but you're capturing the media materials that will support making it easier again media relations about making it easier for the journalists themselves I literally one time had a news release I wrote printed verbatim in the paper which has got to be the biggest PR win of all time because it's exactly what I wanted it to say. They didn't change it at all. Not a word. Nice. They changed the headline because he ran out of, like, basically what happened was he said, oh, I don't have space this week, um, but I'll do a story on it next week. And then he said, oh, something moved. I got space, and just, but I don't have time to write something, so I'm just putting in your release. And I was like, yes! Nice. <laughs> cool. That is exactly what you want, and that's why you write a release the way you write a release so that it could be just copy and pasted okay that's the idea you don't want to make it hard for you don't just send bullet points right yeah and that's and that's the other thing that you helped me clarify was like for example we're going into the radio carrie and you and me because we're the three girls from the book team that are from cochran and it's a cochran station but i said to kelly i was like you know if um if there's any media that happens like from the book launch party where it's like, oh, we want to do an interview with you. It's like, I'm not going to any of that shit by myself. Like, this is this is not a me thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to say, well, yeah, but can I bring two of my teammates? At least two. Like, I mean, I think more than two might be too many. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's like I want at least two. Bring your posse. At the very bring least <laughs> one, right? But I'm going to push for two. Like, we're a gang, and I, I'm not going to bring my, my mob of eight women with me everywhere. I'd like to, but I will bring at least two because I want their stories to be part of the media release. I want their take on mm-hmm. you know why this matters i don't just want it to mm-hmm. be mine right and, and you help me figure that out and like realize that that's like how can you go around being like the book is matters because it's about building a team and then i show up by myself like it <laughs> doesn't work right it yeah. doesn't it's not yeah. yes the only pushback you might get about that with media is time yeah right like their time yeah. is really valuable so like yeah. if i I don't know how long oh, we'll have to report back afterwards on how long our actual interview takes and what actual airtime we get out of it, right? Yeah, and I would like to do an, an part two of this episode after the fact and kind of bring everyone up to speed on what actually ended up happening. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that's part of why I really wanted to do this episode with the three of us too. Because like I like one-on-one interviews probably better, but at the same time, I, I do want to stop talking in a minute here and just kind of keep you guys going back and forth because you kind of are on different sides of the fence in a way like you know you're kind of pitching to the media and and then i'm the final product yeah the final yeah and you work with the people who like are getting pitched all the time so you probably kind of hear their side of the story and like once once in a while um because i guess like the kind of line it goes through is um we have a sales team so client goes Mm -hmm. to the sales team sales team figures out their campaign um Sales team gets the info to our writers, writers write the ads, mm. the writers send the ads to us, and then okay. we turn it into the actual commercial. Mm. Um, so I am literally the end of the line. Mm-hmm. And so the, the only things I really know, unless I'm in on a meeting, mm-hmm. is here's, here's the ad, this is kind of what they're thinking for it, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of creative control, which is really wonderful, mm-hmm. um, because I have literally worked with writers in the past who were a bit micromanagey mm. and it's like okay it should sound like this use this music bed these sound effects blah 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 and i'm like okay Do well I get to be creative yeah like if you were to give two producers the exact same ad mm-hmm. with no direction they would sound completely different mm-hmm. which is cool yeah which mm-hmm. because 
you're never, you can't pull an idea out of someone's brain. No. You know, it's like, okay, you know what you want it to sound like. You can never portray that to me. No. So you just have to give this to me and I have to do my thing and you have to be okay with it, which mm-hmm. all of my writers are, thank God. They trust you and they know you're awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like in the past, I have worked with writers that were like a little bit more controlling. Job, for example. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it really? Cause you were new and they were like, uh. yeah, it was like, and I think it just comes down more to like the personalities mm-hmm. of the people you deal with. Mm-hmm. Right. Why did you want to get into radio? I wanted to be on the air actually. Um, so we were like kind of around the tail end of my high school career. We lived in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, and there was a big rock station there called power 97 mm-hmm. and it was Per, like one of the best radio stations in the country mm. always won awards was always number one in the market wow. and just hearing their morning show it sounded so fun so it was like okay well I get to have fun and get paid for it and like just that's like Jake right now when yeah we listen to 92.1 in the morning he's like that's mm-hmm. what I want to do when I grow up and I'm like wow mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. Like, you know because yeah. it's so fun right yeah it was super fun turns out um, a year and a half into my two-year radio course, I wasn't good at it. And what? No, what I do was. You mean, what were you good at? Being being on the air, just talking live and coming up with shit to say. Yeah, like just talking because you literally sit in a room and talk to no one, right? Because you're not always on a morning show with someone else. Exactly you're by yourself. And oh. you know, you know how it feels like when you're doing the live without anybody on the other yeah, end. I don't, it's yeah, like, I don't like those. Yeah, and maybe someone will listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you're literally sitting there talking to no one. And in my mind, like, not not only did that really throw me off, but I was also really inside my own head. I was like, no, don't talk about that. That's dumb. No one will care. Like, I was just kind of really, like, I couldn't get over that to kind of let my own personality shine through. Mm. And so I just didn't enjoy it. So I, I kind of had this, like crisis halfway through college like mom and dad paid for this I'm like almost graduating I don't know what to do so I went to my radio professor who was just a beacon of knowledge like just probably the greatest teacher I've had hands down my whole entire school career at all and I sat down with him and I'm like Dave uh, Dave Bannerman so he's back in Nova Scotia he's retired now um, because that was oh my god that was like years ago was that 15 14 15 years ago um and I sat down and I'm just a mess and he's like what's the matter sit down and I'm like I don't like being on the air and I don't know what to do and and so he asked me why and I told him told him why basically and he said okay well what else do you like to do and I said oh I really like production Mm. and his eyes lit up Mm. because at the time there was such a call for women on the air there was not really a lot of women who were super interested in production. So I'm actually the first full-time female radio producer to graduate from my course ever. Wow. Because pretty much like the other girls in my class, they either got into on air or promotions or writing or something like that. Production just wasn't something that a lot of women did in radio. Granted, like there's a lot of us now, Mm -hmm. but that kind of made him excited because he's like, you, if you enjoy production, you'll be the first female radio producer to ever graduate from this course. 
And I was like, that kind of made me go, yes, <laughs> yeah, I will take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was my choice from there on out. And okay. yeah. Wow. So from there, he basically, um, he, he kind of made a deal with me too. He was like, well, knowing how you feel about on air, yeah. just do a really, really great job. We had to like our, basically our final, one of our final projects was we had to do like a 20 minute, um, like radio piece it could have been like a news story or um like a drama so I picked a drama um and basically what I what I did was um I just kind of wrote this story about like and this this is really dark so don't judge me but um I, I wrote this story about um these two girlfriends they go out one night um they have too much to drink one of them drives they get in an accident she kills her friend basically yeah so it was like it was just this really like intense like radio drama that I wrote um but I I ended up getting like 100% on it and my teacher he basically told me like don't worry about your end of the year radio show I won't even worry about it so wow yeah so yeah I had friends in high places which was which was really nice but he also knew that I was struggling with that so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so at your station, there's a content team then as well for like um, news coverage, or do you have any news on your we, station? We don't What's do... the email address of the person we... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we actually don't do news at all on our stations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. because... Um, like, and the whole reasoning dude behind news, that. which is awesome. Oh, yeah. JD's, JD's dude, dude news is great. So but much. That, yeah, that's kind of more like a feature it's not like hey here's what's yeah. going on in calgary yeah. because mm-hmm. people have apps now they have the internet yeah. they don't they don't listen to the radio anymore yeah necessarily for news like if you if it's a blizzard outside you'll listen to nine nine sixty or mm. ten i can't even remember what the information like station 770 is or 770 or something like that to hear the road <laughs> conditions yeah. um but no like news stories is not something that we do on the air anymore because mm-hmm. we don't have to Mm-hmm. There's so many other outlets people can find them on, which is so interesting. So it's all about entertaining now. Yeah, mm-hmm. enter. Yeah, entertainment, um, mm-hmm. engagement. Actually, radio radio taught me a lot of stuff that I've been able to take from that career and focus it towards my own business. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, it's the engagement, it's the building those relationships with people. Like I do see a lot of similarities. I see the business side of my radio stations now that I'm running my own business. Mm-hmm. And I see mm-hmm. why people do stuff like that. Now. Yeah, and that's why I'm so happy to have you sharing about that today. Right. And then from a media relations perspective, it's really important to know what stations are doing news and not. Mm-hmm. So I would never pitch you. So yeah. I would never pitch your station. Yeah, because we, we're we the same company as CTV Calgary. So like we're in the same building, like we're the same company. So you wouldn't necessarily pitch the stations like the radio stations but the tv stations yeah please by all means oh yeah 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 so yeah you gotta you just have to know who you're pitching i guess is what i'm saying mm -hmm. and then you make a list of relevant news sources that your your message actually would resonate with their readers viewers Mm -hmm. i have a story for you you know this i think already so the other day um one it wasn't it wasn't the morning it was i think it was on the weekend it was i can't remember her name on your station. On CJ or Virgin? CJ. Chris. Chris. Yes, it was Chris. Yeah. So she's like, I have next week off. What should I do? And I was like, <laughs> she's like, text 929292 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I texted her a link to 
the book manuscript. I was like, you should start a business next week. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that was my attempt at media relations. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's a link awesome. to a manuscript of the book that I'm launching with this, all these related said this big book. But it's creative. Yeah. And Crickets. That, that is. Sometimes you have to get really creative. To oh, I need to make... you too. Oh, did you? Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask Liz. She works there. She knows the book. <laughs> and she knows me. She knows I'm not crazy. Crickets or whatever. <laughs> No response. I mean, she yeah, no response. She was probably like, hmm, didn't think about that. But it, but it's set up on what, like, I would have known if she downloaded it because she had to enter her name and email. Oh, okay, so I would have yeah. got an email saying that she downloaded it and she didn't. <laughs> so, whatever. Chris, if you're listening to this, yeah, please still go there. She loves animals, so I always, like, picture something having to do with animals. Oh. Yeah. She's, she's like, oh, like animal lover, vegan, like, oh. knowing, yeah. knowing the audience enough, like, and if you, you're paying attention, right? Like, this is why I spend the time to go and read previous articles by that journalist so I can say, hey, in this article, and I reference the article they previously wrote, mm-hmm. like, in this article you talked about this, this would be a great follow-up, or, um, you know, something that's related, or whatever, or, for example, I heard on the cock because I listen to Cochrane Radio Station now all the time since I'm here, and it's actually about Cochrane, which is quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that one of the, like, the... Um, personalities mm-hmm. um like like surfing or and wakeboarding and stuff and okay. i know um i had plugged that into my mind mm-hmm. for something that i have coming up that i'm like hey you said this wouldn't it be cool to get you to do this um i'm not gonna say what it is because that's giving something away that's still <laughs> so cool yeah that's cool but like knowing that kind of thing like you're into this you like you like food, you like whatever, um, yeah. here's mm-hmm. here's something that you'd actually like to do, not just like, take my story, take my story, take my story. Yeah. It's not yeah. about, it's not about you or the client in the case of if you're working with like a, a PR person, it's about helping the media get the message to their audience mm-hmm. and serving it up in a way that uh, makes that easy mm-hmm. and exciting. I wanted to talk a little bit about the sing straw and just vocal warm-ups and that part of it. Okay, I'll get this out of the way. I don't warm up when <laughs> before I voice ads. Like I was telling you girls <laughs> earlier, I just wait until my voice just kind of naturally... So you wouldn't do it first thing in the morning probably then. No, like if, if it like... If right now I'm super croaky. I just woke up. <laughs> if I came into work and it was something where it's like, hey, can you do this ASAP? Then yeah, I might like... Do like a really quick like oh, whatever, but something that Emma taught you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something that Emma taught. You. Yeah, the bubbles. <laughs> but I just kind of wait for my voice to just warm up naturally. Okay. Um, which means you have to talk. Yeah, but so if you're like by yourself, you right? Oh my, sing or what? <laughs> Would you just sing like to a ra- song on the radio? Oh no, like I just. They're my coworkers. They never shut up. <laughs> but at the same time, I also don't either. So. so you just talk all the time. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we like all of us are just really big personalities. <clears throat> and, you know, we all just like I just walk around. Hey, good morning. What's going on? Like, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'll, like I'll go see my team. And like because my team is like they're all my friends. We'll just mm-hmm. hang around and mm-hmm. shoot the shit for like 20 minutes. And then I'll go back to my desk. And it's like, OK, yeah, voice is warmed up. I'll just do my thing now. OK. Yeah. So. And are you warming up now before you do your lives and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Because I work, I'm by myself, and unless I'm yelling at my dog to come in from outside, I'm not really using my voice necessarily a lot. Okay. Also, I'm not good at anatomy, so I don't really understand it, although I do know that if you, so like a 20-minute video isn't going to like 
be super damaging, I don't think, um, if you don't have... Well, and not speaking to a crowd helps, too, right? When you don't feel like you have to... And kind of... I still try and bring... I want to bring that level of energy, right, to my videos. So I'm not just like, hey, good morning, I'm going to teach you about this. Please pay attention because I'm super exciting. Um, It's more like I'm there with my, hey, everybody who's not watching me right now. I'm going to pretend that I have a crowd of a thousand people. Like I said, you're and what and what you're describing right now, like I've watched your like progression, right? Like Mm -hmm. I just remember seeing your first videos like, I don't know, a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And like just like you're just so much more exciting to watch now like you're yeah. just more comfortable yeah i think it's like just do you prop a picture of me up next year yes that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, like this <laughs> i should just make little cardboard cutouts of like a pretend audience and put them behind yeah, yeah. <laughs> all you have is that little like eyeball thing on facebook with a number beside it oh, right yeah and but what like, would you what? say to people who are like where you were when you made your first video like how do you, how do people get comfortable like you are now consistent practice just keep doing it. Make yourself do it regularly, like weekly at least. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. So no tips, tricks. Just keep doing it. Do it. <laughs> Be okay to suck at it. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. frighteningness of a Facebook Live goes away once you do like fifty of well, them. Well, it's kind of like it's the double-edged sword, if that's the right um, cliche to use in this situation. It's like pretend there's thousands of people watching but also know that nobody's watching <laughs> yeah like the thing that that rachel hollis says like no one will remember what you talked about they'll just remember that you made a video because you gave a shit about people like right. you actually cared about them enough to make a video to help yeah. them yeah like i don't remember what you put on your wednesday i don't remember what i put on my wednesday last <laughs> i go okay what am i gonna talk about right now and then i'm like making this up and then i go through my files and like oh i did that one like three months ago but I don't remember that so you can do it again. nobody else remembers. Yeah. And it's definitely content-wise, recycle, recycle, recycle. Yeah, and the content is also valuable. So that's cool. And that's that's kind of comes back to key messages. Yeah. You should be repeating yourself. If you're if you're not sick of hearing yourself say something, then you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. have key messages about whatever's important, what is the most important things to say. Um, this I brought this reference up a little while ago. I heard somebody say about interviewing a president of the United States. What is the most surprising thing about being president? And he said, how much I have to repeat myself. Hmm. Because that's just what I they do. I do feel like a broken record nowadays. That's like good. Nowadays I say the same stuff over and over again. And I, but I still get excited about it. That's right. Better. Like, yeah. But my question is, how do you get over <laughs> that hump of being okay with repeating yourself until you feel like you're annoying the hell out of people <laughs> because that's how I'm feeling right now. Well, I think that, um, first of all, has anybody actually said, shut up, you're annoying? No. Well, then it's in your head, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brain. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's all your brain is saying that. It's not a real person. Yeah. yeah. That's your little brain gremlin, and you just have to say, PFO. <laughs> mm. Okay, yeah. Guy. Yeah, because, like, um, right now I have my e-guide, on like yes. its introductory price right now, and talk I just, more about that so that people watching know what you're talking about. So I have this like fully downloadable like 32 page nutrition e guide um, that people can purchase, and it, it's basically you pay for it and it goes straight to your inbox. It's 32 pages of information. Mm-hmm. It tells you. Um, what to eat, what not to eat, how much. Um, it tells you like why you should be eating superfoods, the benefits mm. of all that. Um, it talks about macro and micronutrients, why they're important. But I just feel like 
I'm beating people over the head with the fact that it's like, oh, introductory price, 34 bucks. Like, I feel like if I constantly put that up, I'm going to annoy the crap out of people. Yeah, that, I, I know what, what Kelly's saying. It's like PFO. Like, that's not real. That's not a real thing. Yeah. Like, you're not posting only about that. You're well, posting no. about all sorts of things. Yeah. And it's all yeah. helpful. So, yeah. of course, you, and like what, what Rachel Hollis said about books is once you've written a book, whether it be an e-guide or whatever, yeah. talk about it all the freaking time. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like the most valuable thing that you've, you're offering to people. It's your brain on paper 24-7. They can access it. Why shouldn't you be talking about that all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's perspective. But then the other piece is, like, what? how can you just change it a little bit and not have it be, the message be, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, but also here's the information that's important about it. Like, here's what a macronutrient Mm -hmm. is. And all those other things that you just said that scared me. (laughs) (laughs) I also kind of feel, too, once in a while my message gets too selly. You know, it's like, hey, you should buy this. But then, uh, then I also remember to kind of, like, go into, like, what problem it's going to solve. Like, it's going to yeah. tell you how, like, what, what you should and shouldn't be eating. Mm-hmm. It's going to show you what macro and mi- micronutrients are and all this. Yeah. So I think it's kind of finding, finding the right balance between, hey, this is how it's going to help you. But I also want to tell you how much it's going to be so you don't think it's, like, $250 to buy this thing. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? I'm just going to chime in on this really quick because um, I feel like... If I were you, I would just start sharing personal stories. And then at the end of the story, you're like, here's how I solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I think about selling. It's more about, like, the marketing, which is the relationship, which is, like, how do you build a relationship? You share personal stories, right? Yeah. Like, you post mm-hmm. a selfie of you with a food item that maybe you talk about in your e-guide right mm-hmm. and, like, and then you're not just like hey guys just a reminder that my e-guide is still like no like just story and then at the end by the way you like I don't mm-hmm. know does that mm-hmm. sound like yeah you can find out more about this in my e-guide yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. instead of starting with the product or the pitch or whatever you want to call it you're starting with a like personal story to make yourself yeah. relatable and draw them in to being like, oh, I get what she's talking about. And adding value in every time you say something, right? It's like the value is the information that you're providing. Mm-hmm. And then the and then it, then there's an offer. Oh, you like yeah. this or more? You want more of this? But I think at the risk of being total hypocrite because it, I, like I go through the exact same thing where it feels like, oh, I don't want to be pushy or whatever. Well, what happens if people don't get your ebook? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you cheating them basically by them not buying this? By them not having it. Like, what are the what? Yeah, what, that's a good what question. Are, you have a moral obligation to talk in? about that ebook. <laughs> what is yeah. the pain they stay stuck in when they don't when they don't have the information that you have? But you're mm-hmm. right. You have to that's be creative about like your production creativity has to like you know you have it. So like just keep going about it different ways yeah. share the message in different ways but never stop talking about your ebook until you write another one and then right. talk about because did you know that there's a book about. launch on february 8th because i've <laughs> seen a post about that about every single every day. single mm-hmm. freaking day yeah and i mean and i don't care if people are going to buy it because i know that it's valuable and it's going to help people right so i'm just like i'm just i believe it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so yeah mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm and i believe your ebook is the same it's very helpful and valuable and i will read it soon by the way excellent That's all my <laughs> i'd like to talk a little more about podcast production mm-hmm. especially for all of you who are on squarespace because that's all i know <laughs> so so basically um just quick simple 
how you get started podcasting is if you have a Squarespace website, which I know a lot of you do, you just create a blog page, right? And you've uploaded the last two episodes, so you know what it's like. Like it's mm-hmm. just like it's just like creating a new blog post, except for you add an audio file to the blog post. And but before that, you have to sync it up with Google and Apple, which it's all on the Google. You just Google how to do it, and you do it, and and then you're done. And so mm-hmm. it's like I just want everybody to know that. It's not hard. You can do it yourself, but if you want to take it to the next level and if you want to spend more time actually doing what you should be doing, which is talking to your clients and the people you want to serve, then you hire someone like Liz who does an amazing kick-ass job and then you can go back to doing more of what you should actually be doing, which is not sitting in front of my goddamn computer trying to create a podcast episode. I don't miss those <laughs> days. I, I did it for a long time, but I do not miss it and I'm so glad that I'm not doing it anymore. So thank you. And I'm so glad I am doing it now. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I, so. Yeah, I like... I love, obviously love my fitness business, but mm-hmm. I still just very much love audio editing. So that's cool. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool to have multiple skill sets that you can make money from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. And stuff that you can do from wherever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, all I really need is my laptop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get a new laptop? No, we're working on it. Good. Yeah, cool. You can literally create a podcast for zero dollars. Just There's no money involved. Just yeah. in case people are like, you know... Should I create a podcast? Is that something that I should do? And the answer could be yes, unless Lewis House said don't start a podcast. So I'm just going with that. Yeah. Because there are over 700,000 podcasts yeah. out there. However, it is a great um, format to be yeah. offering your stuff in, right? Like people yeah. like to listen to a podcast while they're driving or whatever. Yeah. And maybe video isn't, isn't what everybody wants. But what I know is that I'm creating a content bank mm-hmm. of videos mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And so I show up live because of the algorithm boost that that gives on social mm-hmm. media, the ability to connect with people, and I save the recording. So I know at some point I'm going to be like, okay, person, take all my videos, post those all on YouTube, take all the audio, make me a podcast, and I'm going to have it all ready to go before... Mm-hmm. You know, like rather than doing it like a week at a time, yeah. I'm going to have like seasons already ready. Well, that's, that's how I felt too, because I had all the recordings of all the Femme Premier Marketing School sessions and I was like, I want to turn these into podcasts. And I've kind of steered away from that lately, but it'll, I'm starting a new group on Wednesday, right? So we'll get back into creating more episodes out of that. But mm-hmm. for me, like I, I was, I remember when Lewis said that at, at the influencer conference and I was like. Well, I'm sold on the fact that I need to create a podcast because of just thinking about the audience, right? And then knowing that there's a lot of girls that come through the school and they don't really need me for anything, but they want to stay in touch with the girls and they want to hear about the new students coming in. And the podcast is a great way to keep that community feel, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're staying connected to me. They're staying connected to the girls. They're meeting the new girls by hearing them share their stuff on the podcast. So that's why I'm so compelled to keep doing it, but I'm not compelled to edit it. So thank you for this. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So, um, so I guess we probably talked about podcasts sufficiently, um, anyone listening or watching, if you have podcast related questions, ask because we'll address them in the next episode when we kind of do the after, so like, you know, looking back on the media stuff that, that, you know, happened with the book and what will we do differently? Like, I'd like to do like a debrief kind of episode. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit more about like specifically what you 
like what you offer people like who are like <clears throat> I have this event or this product or whatever and I want to hire Kelly to do this like because that's a package that you offer well I'm I help people create a marketing strategy so and there's never a guarantee they're going to get anything out of it right but you still offer it and you're like here we'll do all these things and like yeah. kind of hope for the best right so the overall marketing strategy is basically if you're like always asking yourself should I do this or should I do that or should I do this or should I do that it's like okay why don't we have a plan in place where you can know what your goals are who you're mm -hmm. trying to reach with and what the messages are from your own business so those are the key pieces and then we figure out how are you going to actually reach those people and if media relations is a potential um, tactic for you um, in your business, depending on what it is that you do. In some cases it is, and in some cases it isn't. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to do media relations as part of that process, it would be teaching you all of the pieces mm -hmm. to create, how to create that, how to do the pitching yourself if you wanted to. Um, so that would be all the materials that you need, like a media list, knowing who to contact and how to get a hold of them. And sometimes that's a lot harder than you would expect it to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, they don't want to get extra emails. On them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might get a few. Doesn't everyone love extra emails? Already. So their, their email addresses are not as publicly available as you would expect. So there's some ways um, to get that information. That's It's a lot more footwork, truly. And mm -hmm. then what do you say? Mm -hmm. and how do they like to get that information and mm -hmm. so what is a press release and what is a media advisory and what is a pitch note for mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. those are some of the pieces of it we'll put yeah. that in our terms glossary yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool okay so um for traditional media related questions about pitching radio stations and tv and whatever talk to kelly where can people find you kelly um, on Instagram at KS underscore comms, on Facebook at KS comms, they're different. And website. And it's ks-communications.ca. Sweet. And then for Liz, if people want to hire you to do podcast editing or um, if they want your e-guide, where do they go? Uh, so the easiest place to get my e-guide would probably be my Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me on both of those uh, at the handle M12FitnessLiz, so M12FitnessLiz. Mm -hmm. um, and then my website is just M12Fitness.com. Cool. And that, yes, it's my fitness page, but any audio questions can go through there too, so... Cool. And like if people are thinking of getting into media um, and, you know, if you've been listening to these girls and are like, oh, my God, that's a channel I want to go down, like message them, ask them, like, what do I do? How do I get started? Like, you know, they'll talk to you. These are real people and they <laughs> care about helping women succeed. So talk to them. Um, yeah. And thanks for sharing all your stuff today. That was really, really cool. And um, I look forward to doing more episodes like this in the future where it's like very much like a group group conversation versus just one on one, because I actually mm -hmm. really thought this was but like I was a little concerned because I find three is a hard number in general in life like but I think yeah. it was really good so yeah. you're so my best you. friend no you're my best friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's our episode thanks for listening for more information on the Fempreneur Marketing Book Launch Party head to yycfempreneur.com and for all your fitness and nutrition needs you can find me at m12fitness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at m12fitnessliz see you next time